Thank you, brethren, for that ministry. The hymn that we've just heard is um, Freely you have received, freely give. The Lord Jesus Christ has given us so much. He's a seeking shepherd, a loving saviour. He's provided so much. And there is a world lost out there that needs to be found. They're lost in their sin. And we need to go forth and to reach them. And that's part of that big picture for today, that we have a mission, there is a seeking saviour, and we need to go forth and give out that message of Christ. It's for the salvation of souls. It's an appreciation as well for the saviour's love for lost sheep. And I think as we reflect today, we'll appreciate the love that the saviour has had for lost sheep but also to acknowledge that you may be here today and you're a lost sheep, you're without Christ. And I pray that you come to a saving knowledge of the Lord, even at the conclusion of this message. The Saviour's love for lost sheep, Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 7. Being lost is a hair-raising, challenging, traumatic experience I've been lost, more recently round streets. Thankfully, there's been a GPS to direct me. I haven't been able to lug around my UBD, my Gregory's. They're old, 2005, 2002, but they do exist, street directories. Appreciate direction and guidance that we can have our bearings, but it's a horrible experience to be lost. But it's worse when you lose a loved one. And to lose a loved one can be very traumatic. I remember dreaming one night, I was in my first year of teaching and I'd taken a class on an excursion that day and I had a parent assistant, but that was it and it was a larger class, like 30, 35 and just I think the debriefing afterwards was still going through my mind. What if I had have lost a child? Thankfully, I didn't lose a child. I did not lose a child. But in, in this dream, I'd lost it until Margaret woke me up to say, Ron, you're dreaming. You're here, you're safe, you're at home, you're not on that excursion. Leave it. And I had to leave it. But as all the things that happen, it can be tra- quite traumatic. You hear on the news of a child that's lost in the bush or someone's lost at sea, and we've heard of many of those things um, There's a plane that's lost and they're trying to put out all efforts to rescue. Loved ones are waiting for news and they're beside their phone waiting for news of their loved one. When the loved one, even a young child, is found, then the warmth and the comfort of that one being found, it's a joy. And we can imagine that rejoicing. Today we'd like to look at the lost sheep. There's also the lost coin. We read that portion in the Bible reading slightly earlier, verses 8 till 10. And about two months ago, we looked at the prodigal son, the lost son. Different situation again, but one who was lost and one that was found. And we really rejoice in these parables that were shared by the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, we're going to be looking at the self-righteous Pharisees and scribes, the seeking shepherd, the loving saviour, and grounds for rejoicing. But in verses 1 and 2, we see the context of the self-righteous Pharisees and scribes. 
If you could please turn with me to Luke chapter 15 and in verses 1 and 2 we read, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. See, the publicans and sinners are drawn near. They wanted to hear what the Lord Jesus had to say. And these publicans and sinners were viewed as the lower echelon of society. They were spurned upon by the Pharisees. We read of the rich man and Lazarus, and again, that whole example is there. I, I thank God that I'm not as those men or that one. And there's a comparison, there's a self-righteous, there's a positioning, and there was a scorn, there was a displeasure, there was a judgment, an indignation, a murmuring. And that's that idea of complaining scornfully, constantly. It's an on, ongoing thing. It was murmuring greatly, murmuring constantly, and it was against Jesus for speaking and, we, and, and he allowing those sinners and publicans to hear what Jesus had to say. And so they were there scorning. The Pharisees and scribes, the Pharisees were those Jews who held to that strict traditional observance of the law. The scribes were of that same ilk, but they were the ones who were very much in the law. They were the teachers of the law and the judges of the law. So together we had this pair of Pharisees and scribes and they were murmuring, criticising the Lord Jesus Christ for allowing sinners to come near, even eating with them and allowing them to hear what Jesus had to say. The publicans were tax collectors. I don't think we appreciate in society tax collectors anyway. It's not the traditional publicans that we know of today who pour a beer but it's the publican in this period was the tax collector and they would charge exorbitant taxes for Rome even to the point that they would pocket and gain themselves and they were viewed as with disfavour in society generally. And of course we're looking here more specifically at the scribes and Pharisees but they're saying, why is Jesus allowing this one to draw near? Um, a, a tax collector can be saved. In the scriptures we read of Zacchaeus, a publican can be saved. The worst of the worst can come to a saving knowledge of Christ. And Jesus was ministering, witnessing, but yet these Pharisees viewed them as such that they charged exorbitant taxes and the sinners were those men and women of disrepute. They were fallen individuals, they were wicked people and Jesus should not be assimilating. But yet Jesus came with a different perspective. These souls need the Lord. These souls need the message of salvation. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All are lost and they need to hear this message and Jesus answered and spoke to the Pharisees and the scribes in response to their murmuring. And we read of that in verses 3 and 4. And he spake this parable unto them. 
Now the three, it was this parable of the lost sheep. Um, yes, Kingsley, if you could put that on for a little bit down here, that would be... Um, the What man of you, having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? It's that whole purpose, that agenda to reach out to the one who is lost, to see that one found. What man of you, and he reaches out eyeballing them possibly to say, what man of you would not go out and find that one who is lost? He was drawing this parable to bring them some practical meaning to identify with them where they're at and to show what he is doing. He is seeking those lost ones. It was Jesus' heart in care and compassion to go forth and to see that lost one being found. A saviour's needed. Um, Jesus, we read in Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man is to come to seek and to save that which was lost. That was his purpose in coming. He wanted to come to seek and to save that which is lost. In verse 4, it highlights this very fact that this man, what man of you? And Jesus is saying, I will go forth and I will reach out to this one that is lost until he find it. And I'll go out and consistently, it won't be if I find it, it's when I find it, until I find it, I'm going to go out and find that sheep that is lost. Sheep are vulnerable. Sheep can be in dangerous situations. And the shepherd understands that. I, I lived in the country for a while for three years when I first began to teach in a small teacher school. And in that rural environment, it was 1,000 acres, it was wheat sheep farms, it was predominantly um, some hundreds of acres with wheat and then some acres with sheep. But there were nights that wild dogs came and you'd hear the sheepdogs barking. They were chained, not loose, but you'd hear the dogs. And sadly, there were times that sheep would be found dead. There were wild dogs. But here we're reading about that there could be wolves or lions or animals of prey that would prey upon defenceless sheep. And there would be no defence mechanism to be able to combat against that wolf or that line that would be taken. The shepherd knew that. Danger was out there and he had to be out there to find that one that needed to be rescued. They're unpredictable and directionless. They can move through that small hole, through that gap, through the door that hasn't been closed fully. They, and once one goes, they, they all bullet and they follow on. Back in those days, in round about 1970, when I was teaching at Berrigan, at a small well, Osborne Well Public School, and it was there was a well. The drovers, even in that era, that's over 50 years ago, in the time of drought, they were allowed to drive their sheep along the roadsides that they would get grass to feed. And there'd be a drover, there'd be the sheepdogs, there'd be the drover's caravan, and they'd be just going along the road. The sheep predominantly were to the left and to the right on the footpaths in the edges of the road, but yet at times they were on the road and you just had to drive through slowly. 
but where they were on the edges of the roads feeding on grass, sometimes there was a sheep that would bullet across the, to the other side and the others would follow. It was an unpredictable. And when a sheep is lost, whatever the terrain, the environment, a sheep can be in a hazardous position or situation. They're directionless. They wander, they stray, they go further and further away. You may have had a pet dog or a cat and whatever you've tried to do <laughs> to get it lost or to put it out there in the bush or something, it's, it's come back. Uh, we understand that talk about feral cats, that maybe too many people have done that, putting them out in the bush and they won't come back. But, but often that animal or that dog will find its way home. Even years later it will find... It seems to have its own inbuilt GPS. I can, I can wander several k's away and yet still find my way back. Like that homing pigeon, it returns. But a sheep, not so. They wander, they stray, they're directionless, they're vulnerable, they drift away. And that's the picture that we have of even us that we are like those sheep who have gone astray. And we need to see that. The Lord identifies us with those animals accordingly. But there's urgency. The shepherd must go until he find it. He needs to go forth. There's an urgency. And in society you hear about that whole situation of the child who's lost and the anguish and the trauma, the passion with which the parent speaks on the radio, the emergency services minister may speak on the radio, they, they all stops out to find this one who is lost and the searcher goes forth. I couldn't help but think until he find it, he never gives up. It's that perseverance, it's that challenge. I'm not going to be there for an hour, then I can clock off. It's as though it's a mission, it's a subjective. It's not one that I can just clock off. It must be found. And the shepherd goes forth. It's personal. It's the shepherd himself. It's not an hireling that goes forth. It's the shepherd who's out on that mission to find that sheep that is lost. And it's individual, it's personal because it's one sheep. You say, why worry about one? Logistics, 99, why worry about the one? If that one's gone astray, let it meet its own fate. It's brought it upon itself in that wandering, straying behaviour of that sheep. But it's a different story that it's a shepherd who's finding that individual. Naya talked about one by one. It's individual by individual. And that ministry that he's had with souls and in speaking to him personally, just I would say in the, it's, it's, it's speaking to one concerning Christ. It's individuals. You might be here part of a larger group or you might be listening and part of a family or a lounge room and there's a number of people. But, you know, you're all individuals. And every individual has to stand accountable before God. It's what I have done with Jesus Christ. 
Am I rejecting Christ? Am I saying, no, I'm going to stay lost? I don't care. I've given up. I get away. Get away. It's sad when those responses come. It's individual. The shepherd is out there to find that one who has gone astray. We read Isaiah 53 and also First. Peter chapter 2 and both passages there spoke of the sheep that had gone astray and it was on the Lord. The Lord bore the penalty, the iniquity of those sheep who had gone astray, sinned against the holy God. John ten eleven, for I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. It's Christ. There's a search, there's a diligence, there's a perseverance there's a passion, there's a personal nature to it and there's an urgency that it must be done. Questions asked, is it the merit of the sheep or is it the merit of the shepherd? Really it comes down to it's not the merit of the sheep why all this is taking place. It's the merit, it's the righteousness, it's the stature of the shepherd who has that compassion and care and desire to reach out to the sheep that is lost. He doesn't want that lost out there for eternity. He wants that sheep found and restored and placed back in the fold. It's the direction that the shepherd has. It's his righteousness and merit. And it's not depending on the hireling, for our righteousnesses are as filthy rags We've distanced ourselves from God. We've separated from God. We, like those sheep that have gone astray, we've gone in our own direction. We have sinned against the holy God. And we've got to realise that. We've got to realise our lost condition before a holy God. And that's why he talks about finding that which is lost. Because we are lost without God. He came to seek and to say that which was lost. And it's that the whole value. For what shall it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? Eternity is at stake. Our lives are short. A few weeks ago we looked at Psalm 90. It's short. It's brief. Our days, we need to number them. We need to apply our hearts under wisdom. The value of a soul counts. And Jesus sees the value within himself as the righteous one who loves each one because he doesn't want any soul to perish. He loves individuals. The merit is not in the sheep, but the merit, the righteousness is in the shepherd who desires that that one be saved and not perish. That's his quality of character. That's his love. That's his desire to see souls. The picture in verse 5, and when he hath found it, he lay it on his shoulders rejoicing. And here we come to the loving Saviour, for he lifts it up. He raises it up and lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. As a child, I didn't grow up with iPads and laptops, iPhones, Apple, apples we ate, or apples we gave to the teacher. It was a, the mice 
we would try and catch in the rat trap, not... But we grew up in a picture world. And one of the pictures I remember as a child is a picture of the shepherd carrying the sheep. And as a young child, I just remember that image. I remember that image. I would say, thank you, Lord. Psalm 23, no wonder it's so meaningful. Sometimes at night when I'm struggling to just unwind from the day, I, I start to say to myself, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And we can go through it because the Lord is my shepherd. He's the good shepherd that gave his life for the sheep. He's concerned if someone is lost and astray. He wants to have that one brought back in. It's that love that is there as the saviour. Yes, the seeking shepherd, but the loving saviour who wants that. It's that act of love because it, it was a sacrificial love. He could have said, look, I've got my 99, I'm here, I'm the door, I'm keeping the 99 safe in this fold. The, if that one's gone out, then let it be, let it be. But the self-sacrificing, self-denial of the shepherd who has left what he has and gone out to find that one who is lost, it speaks highly of that love. And the rescue, it's not just the, the, the seeking and the finding, it's the rescuing and it's the lifting and it's the putting them on his, the sheep on his shoulders and carrying that individual just the, the image, the picture of this parable uh, is a point for rejoicing. Not, not just the rejoicing of the shepherd, but you see the rejoicing that comes with this one. The sheep's weight and burden is on the shepherd. I appreciate that. And maybe the sheep um, has got to a point of being worn and exhausted and maybe injured or maybe thorns have had their impact or maybe just like whatever the impact has been on that sheep and that scenario that has occurred in that sheep's life while it's been astray, the shepherd comes and it lifts it and relieves it of its burden and its stress and its anxiety and places it on his shoulders and carries it on that homeward path, weary and worn but safe in the arms of Jesus. And I'm grateful for that. Thinking eternally, the truth for believers who come to Christ, it's, I give unto my sheep eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. The, the whole security of those who are in Christ, safe in that shepherd's fold. It's that good shepherd and the love and the care for each one. When he finds it, he lays it on his shoulders. It's the lifting up is of the Lord. The lifting up and the saving. I'm grateful it's not by works of righteousness which Ron has done that I'm saved. I'm grateful that you can be saved, not by works of righteousness which you have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved. And you can come to a saving knowledge of Christ by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. I pray that you will. You might feel helpless and 
You might not be there yet, but I really pray that you will realise your lost condition without God. There's a world out there of danger and of sin. The wages of sin is death. And it's going to lead to a Christless eternity without Christ. And I pray that you will come, each one, to the Lord in saving knowledge. Does the tiredness make any difference? No, the Lord lifts up and places that one upon his shoulders. In love he sustains, I give unto my sheep eternal life and they shall never perish. He is able to save to the uttermost those that come unto God by him. He saved. And that picture of on his shoulders rejoicing, then that one is secure, that one is safe, that one is on the shoulders of the Lord and he is the one who is sustaining them. In verses 6 and 7 we have those grounds for rejoicing. In verses 6 and 7 I'll read them both together. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbours, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. When he cometh home, he calleth his neighbours and friends, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep which was lost. It's grounds for rejoicing. You replicate that to society today and that parent who's lost child, and I'm sure for those who have lost a child and it's gone on for days and it's maybe in the bushland behind the house and the child's been lost in, in the streets and they're not sure where, there might be a creek bed, a river, has the child gone down there? Has someone snatched the child away? Has the child died of the cold during the evening before? But when that child is returned and the mother just holds that child to her bosom and calls her friends and neighbours and they would come to celebrate, to rejoice, to be part, to share in that rejoicing and the relief that has occurred as a consequence of that find. And you look here about a sheep, and if that sheep has been found, the shepherd is saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the sheep that was lost. I found. And that's that point of exhilaration and celebration and rejoice. There's no anger in the heart. Oh, you stupid sheep. This time, for the castigation, the ridicule, the pulling down it's 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 the joy of that one having been found and brought back into the fold i think that's the crucial aspect the crucial point i found my sheep which was lost it's the same with the coin we read that in the bible reading in verse 10 likewise i say unto you there's joy in the presence of the angels of god over one sinner that repenteth in verse 9, the lady who found that tenth coin, she said, and when she found it, she called her friends and her neighbours together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the peace which I had lost. There's a rejoicing. When the son came home and the father said, This is my son which was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. 
they were rejoicing. And he said, get hither the fatted calf and kill it. Let's eat and be merry. There was joy. There was rejoicing because that son was found. The coin was found. The sheep was found. It was a note of rejoicing. And they gathered together to share in that rejoicing. In conclusion, though, we come to the final verse, which is still grounds for rejoicing, even more so that we read in verse 7, And I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety-nine just persons which need no repentance. The Pharisees were murmuring. They were murmuring, saying, why is he eating with sinners and publicans? Why is he allowing them to hear him? Why is he allowing them to draw near? And Jesus told this parable to say to the Pharisees, souls need to be saved. And when a soul is found, if it's that sheep that's found or the coin that's found or the son who comes home, then there's rejoicing. But likewise, in heaven, there's joy in heaven. Of the lost coin in verse 10, we read that even amongst the angels of God, there's rejoicing. There's joy over one sinner that repenteth. We say, but over one. One. But it comes back to that individual. Before God, we all count as individuals. You are accountable. I'm accountable. And if one repents, there's joy in heaven over each sinner that repents. That one has been found. Repentance is a change of mind, a change of heart. You see, we like sheep have gone astray. And if we realise our lostness like sheep who have gone astray and lost in this world because it's that world of danger, we've been disobedient to God's word, to God's ways, we've gone forth in our own willful pathway, we're following the world's listings, that's where we're heading. With the prodigal son, even when we looked there a few months ago, the, the, the son went out wanting just riotous living. He thought this was it. This was the answer to life. Dad, give me my inheritance. I'm shipping out. I'm going. And he was going distant from the father. He had his funds. He, but yet with that riotous living, those funds were gone. And he ended up literally in the pig pen. He hit rock bottom. And he'd hit rock bottom. And when he'd hit rock bottom in that pig pen, when he realised what even my dad's servants were getting and the love that they were receiving at home, the son said, when he came to himself, That's when he came to himself. He he had a change of mind. He had a change of heart. There was a turning around. 
He was going back now in an opposite direction. He'd been with the Father. He'd gone out into the world and riotous living, hit rock bottom in the pig's pen. And then he said, when he came to himself, he said, Luke 15, verse 17, How many hired servants in my father's house have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I'll arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee. Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one as thy hired servants. God, I'm not... Father, I'm not worthy to be even a son. I've sinned against heaven and before thee. And Father, I come back and I confess. I repent of, of where I've been. There's joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. And, and I pray that even as we looked at this thought today that you're thinking, okay, if I'm, if I'm a saved one, if I acknowledge my lostness and my strayness and that I need a saviour and it was on Christ my iniquities were laid, Isaiah chapter 53 verse 6, then I, I'm rejoicing and I'm grateful for that shepherd and that I can say the Lord is my shepherd. He loved us and gave himself for us. Appreciate the love of the Saviour towards lost sheep. But if you're not of that mind today, I pray that you will be. Pray that you'll come to a point of acknowledging that we've all sinned before a holy God, we've all gone astray. And if you need to repent, turn around. If you're out there in the world and you need to repent, turn around. If you're a prodigal at the moment and you're out there in the world, return, return under the Father because it's God's love is there. He is the shepherd of the sheep who wants to see each one brought closer. And even as a body of believers, I pray that we'll just continue this message to seek out to those who are lost that they be found. There are lost people maybe within our families, maybe within our communities, within our workplaces. Um, there's a message to be driven home to people, the lost condition, and that souls can be saved by loving and seeking gracious Saviour. Please don't have a pharisaical attitude that if one's reaching out to sinners, uh, may that ministry go on. Don't be tainted by their stand and their position. And if that be the case, step back. Step back. Don't become tainted yourself in your stand for the Lord. But if you're standing in the Lord and you can be one who reaches out to the lost, then reach out. Reach out and give them the message of Jesus Christ and of his love. Let's pray, shall we? Loving Father, pray that if there be any in our midst who need to repent, may they realise that there's joy in heaven over this message of a saviour who loved them and gave himself for them. And it all relates back to this lostness, the fact that we have strayed, 
and gone away from God, that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that, Father, we need to be saved, each one personally. And I pray that you would reach forth into hearts and, Father, that message would um, be realised even this morning that it was on Christ that he paid that penalty for my sins. He was a loving and good shepherd who gave his life for the sheep. Father, great is that love and we stand in thankfulness of it. Father, minister to each heart Draw souls unto thyself. May you be the one glorified even as we reflect on the ministry of this day and we'll praise you in Jesus' name.